Episode 187 of the Bevan James Isle Show, an interview with Assistant All Black Coach Brad Moore. Rightio, team, welcome along to episode 187 of the Bevan James I'll show you a fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness so you can get the benefits that come alongside it. Uh, I'm not going to spend much time before I get into the main gist of the show today because I have a great interview with newly appointed assistant All Black coach, a man by the name of Brad Moore. Now, I know it's a very global audience, so the All Blacks, if you don't know what the All Blacks are, they are a rugby team and arguably one of the most successful sports teams, not just rugby teams, but sports teams in the history of sport, they're definitely up there as one of the best, most successful. They have a success rate of, I think, around 88% in the history of their win, or something like that. High in the 80s in their success rate. Just a, It's a really successful team. Um, you know, it's just it's a high-class sports team. And Brad, Brad Moore has recently just come on as one of the assistant coaches. But he's actually someone I know in life. And he's... You're going to see he's a pretty passionate man and he's very passionate about uh, people and growing and just all the stuff that you guys know I love. So I got Brady, actually came around to my house and we had an interview and we sat down. I could have, seriously, it was an interview could have gone on for five hours. It was, you know, he's just he's just a really wise man. And it's one of those interviews, we're just having a discussion and it's one of those interviews where it wasn't one of those interviews where I said, give me the three things, you know, A, B, C. We just talk and it's just great insight in there he's a man who's passionate who spends a lot of time thinking about growing other people and and his impact on the world so i think you guys are gonna get a lot out of this interview so as i was saying before I'm not going to be spending much time talking about much else before the show. I just want to say a big thank you to all the patrons of the show. The patrons of the show are the people who donate some of their hard-earned money to support this show. And when you become a patron, you get a pretty cool nickname. And there's a few of the patrons of the show. Luke, Mayhem Miller. We've got Pip, Silent Assassin Langford. We've got Kate, The Perfect One Southern. We've got Robbie... Big Shot Allen, and we've got the Gemma and Glenn Mitchell, Team Divine, and Libby Hilda, all, and these people are great patrons of the show. If you want to become a patron of the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com, it's on the main website, or go to the podcast section, look for Support Me, and go through the process. Anyway, I don't want to spend any more time, because this I think we end up speaking for like an hour and a half. So here is Brad Moore. Right, I've got uh, Brad Moore next to me. Welcome along to the show, Brad. Cheers, Bevan. He's Great like, to be he's, here. Yeah, I don't get many people in my, in my studio or in, in my house <laughs> for, for, uh, for this show, so thank you for coming over to the house. Um, where do I start with you? I, one thing I, I really admire about you, and I think I want to talk about your career more than maybe how you work with other people. Um, I, 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 I've known you kind of because your wife's a good friend and my wife, and we've kind of had a few conversations over the years. Uh, I remember we met up for a coffee a long time ago, and you were coaching a local rugby club, doing pretty well as a coach at a local rugby club, and you were a pretty successful lawyer at that time, and I think at that time you were looking to get into sports management, that was kind of the goal at that moment. Uh, you know, now you've got this opportunity where you're you know, a coaching team of one of the best, most successful sports teams in the world. What, what did it take within yourself to let go of a life that was very secure, um, you know, that was in a pretty good place? You know, you're a successful lawyer, good opportunity. I know coaching was the passion, but so many people live a life where they go, 
you know what, I want to live the patient life, but they, they're stuck. What, yeah. what led you to, to make the choice to be where you are today? We've gone deep quick. Yeah, we're, good. Around. Hey, we're, we're in. Around. Um, awesome to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. And, and uh, what a lovely spot to sit down and have a yarn with a, with a mate. You're good. Fantastic. Go, you go. Outstanding. Um, gosh, when you, when you put it like that, it all sounds a bit like a pick and mix, doesn't it? There, yeah. was, a, there was a fair bit going on. You're right. We were um, uh, coaching at Christchurch Football Club and, and uh, in developing a little bit of a sports practice in the, in the legal um, aspect of, of my my life with Cavill Leach Law, so doing some player agency work and just started out by helping young men who are in our club side who are finding their way through the professional game and starting to sign contracts. Well, I can look at that for you if you if you like, and you build relationships. So um, doing that and and, uh, and and yeah, I was in a really secure role with with Cavill Leach, just just entering well, just started partnership. Yeah, so so role. that's what the lawyers aim for in the career. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it would be going great. And, and what I think I'm really grateful for is is having been um, seem to be surrounded by outstanding people yeah. at, um, right through, and you can um, through school, um, through university, through through work, and uh, magnificent mentors like of um, some people might know of Ian Pringle and Jim Keegan in the law. Who uh, Ian, Ian's passed on now, but uh, and Jim's still well and truly alive, and and is now a great mate. Um, so you, you, you just, I've been surrounded by those people and watch how how they operate. And then, um, look, I've always loved rugby, always loved people, um, and and when I started coaching at Christchurch, just felt it straight away, loved it. And I was reading a book uh, from Good to Great, oh, yeah, and yeah, I can Jim remember Collins. reading it, and, and uh, yeah, Jim Collins and. There's a number of things I draw back on uh, from that book at different stages, and um, one aspect would be of recent times, particularly around the pandemic, is the Stockdale paradox, which um, people can have a look at, but we can perhaps talk about that later. But in in uh, Good to Great, it talks about these three converging circles of, um, of of with your life and choosing to do something that that is um, that you're passionate about and you, you love doing. Um, that that is uh, something that you you can be. It talks about being world class. That's that's a little bit stand on soapbox for me. I just say something you can be really good at, yeah. and uh, and that it can drive your economic engine. And where those three circles converge, if you can if you can operate your life uh, in that space, which I know you guys do, yeah. then uh, then you're not working. You're yeah. living yeah. and you're thriving and and. Um, and when I looked at that, I said, "Well, yeah, I, I love the law for what it um, for the people I work with and work for, yep. so clients and the, and my colleagues and and uh, the people part of it, fantastic. The actual law part, um, trying to find a win-win, solving issues. Yes, I like that, but I wasn't really passionate about it. Couldn't see myself being sixty yep. and logging in, yeah, yeah, coming into the office, logging in." That the bits that I'd remember on retirement would be the people part, not the the deal parts. Yeah. And so yeah, um, so I think that that was a, a thought process, and and when I thought about those three things, you know, those three converging circles, well, what is it? coaching is the space? So I was having a bit of a dollar each way with everything, I suppose, by by starting to coach at club level, by doing some sports management stuff. And um, and player contracts and and also um, 
are the law. So it was, well, let's see how this rolls. But um, for me, the, the ability to get into coaching as a career, so I never talk about it being professional coaching. I think I was professional coaching when I was coaching club. I just wasn't being paid. Yeah. It's a mindset rather than being whether you're getting paid for it. So it was coaching as a volunteer, so voluntary coaching versus career coaching. So I thought, well, the opportunity for me to get into career coaching, because I'd never played at a professional level, so I didn't have that, yeah, that, that leg yeah, in. Of course, yeah. Well, what's my path going to be? No, no one owes me anything. I'm not owed a path. Um, how am I going to do that? Well, either it's going to be just keep doing what I'm doing, and, and it'll take time, and you'll build bit of street cred and yeah. you know, we opportunity to do something at a Canterbury level maybe or, or whatnot is or or it'll be coattailing um someone so someone will get an opportunity and they'll say mate I want you to come with me yeah and uh it was a little bit of both so coach the club side the Colts for one year the under 21 side and then the senior side for for four years and great timing because we had a hell of a playing roster okay and we d- and did well and also was I coached with some superb people um, and and uh, again, really grateful for that. Made heaps of mistakes and learned a lot. And and uh, and then uh, and been supported by some some awesome coaching uh, mentors. And then coached. Then went from that to the Canterbury Colts. So the Canterbury under twenty one side, which was then the next the feeder to to Canterbury. And again, outstanding group. Um, and then that was 2011, and then 2012 came along, and the head coach of that, Craig Philpot, went off to Hawke's Bay, and uh, so I had the opportunity to, to interview for the, the head coach role and, and was positioned in that, and then we were putting our, our people together for the support crew, and um, that's when Matt Sexton came to me with the opportunity to go to the Kings, so it was about oh, March so you went 2012, to South Africa, went to South Africa yeah. first, so that was the opportunity to say, well, Okay, here's a chance. Are we dipping the toe in or are we diving in? Yeah, and, and so this um, is just all doing your career? Yeah, yeah, still at the law. So the earthquakes had come through. We'd, we'd, we'd lost our, our building in, in Clarendon Tower in the middle of town and we were out at um, um, yeah, Hazeldean, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. is, um, geez, I can't remember the name of it, but in Addington. Mm. Um, yep. And uh, and we were there at the time, so operating there and uh, Matt Sexton, he was the Canterbury, um, or the Crusaders Academy manager at the time. Said, "Mate, catch up for a coffee." So, sort of worked in really closely with him around the Canterbury Colts team. And I thought, "Oh, that'd be great because I, I want him to have a role with the team." So we started talking, and had this sort of mind map on paper. I was talking through that, and he said, "Oh, mate, I just need to talk to you about something else." And so the way it went. Wow. So, what's that moment like? Because okay, so so that's a real jump off moment, isn't it? That's where we're going for this. Um, what's it like moment for you personally? But also, I know you're a family man. Yeah. Uh, what's you know? Because I, I do want to talk about the family commitment to your career because that's such a big thing. Um, but what's that moment like for you personally? Oh, goosebumps. Yeah. Because it's not a decision for for us. It wasn't a decision. I say for us, for for Anna, my wife, and and I, that wasn't a decision made in 2012 to go and coach in South Africa. The, the actual opportunity to go to South Africa. And, and get and that job, yes, that was. But our decision was probably made about five or six years earlier once I started coaching at Christchurch Football Club and said, geez, I, I love this. Yeah. Um, this is this is spinning my wheels. And and so we that was a conversation having at the time that we then go, okay, well, what can, we can make a commitment 
to this. So that for me, that meant uh, throwing myself into every opportunity I could yeah. to get to get as um, much improvement as I could into the technical, tactical part of coaching, the people part of coaching, the mm. the, the how, the science of it, the art of it. Um, so you're singular focus on developing your trade. 100 percent and that's sort of you quietly go along and almost doing a a, a, you're doing an apprenticeship that no one else knows you're doing because there's no graduation point yeah yeah. you don't get the certificate at the end mate that's it and (laughs) and uh so for us that was that and then with that choice there came other things like okay well that means i'm not going to be going i'm not going to take up golf and i'm not because you just can't yeah you think about it you in a, in a law firm coaching building this little um sports management practice and and uh and we at, at that stage we were um uh well 2006 first child born 2008 2010 the next ones and, and it's sort of like, okay um <clears throat> what other choices will you make that that allow you to do that so because i think coaching the club side probably took took 20 25 hours a week yeah to do properly and yeah, and um yeah. and we owed it to the players to do properly and my um, co-coaches at different stages, Andrew Langley and, and Dwayne Prendergast, fully committed, and uh, and and awesome. You know, you drive the energy. So there was the commitment. So at the time of 2012, it was like, here we go. Mm. This is this is this is the moment. Yeah, you planted the seed way back here. You, 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 one thing you, I love what you talk about how you communicate because you talk about we. And the decision that we, Anna and I, made this decision, you know, the Kings was the we, that build-up moment of that apprenticeship to an opportunity. Um, but before that, you five years earlier, you'd sit down with your wife and you said, I found my passion. I want to make a life. Yeah. Um, and it's a we decision. Oh, massively. And, and um, I think I think the, that we, in the position of, of being the person... So the me part of that yeah. is is uh, we make choices, and the the people around us make sacrifices. Yeah, especially in your role. So massively, yeah. Yeah. you know. We, so that was pick the family up. So we had a uh, five year old, a four year old, a, a two year old, and and um, and take them to South Africa, yeah. Port Elizabeth. <laughs> and from the outside, mate, this was like people were going, "Wow, what a you're mad! This is crazy." Oh, I'm gonna we're gonna we were right. We've done our homework. We're back ourselves. Yep. We get it. It's we get it. South Africa. We get it. it's a new team into Super Rugby. Understand? But I'm going to go and do a good job, yep. and it's it's going to lead to something. And um, yeah. So we we that's why it's a we because you can't just make that decision yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's that's we, we are living our lives, yeah. and uh, and a decision to go and do that impacts on that immediate group of four people, uh, your parents. The, your wider family, your in-laws, yeah. um, your friends, and and whatnot, and and very very importantly at that stage, a, a group of colleagues in in the legal firm who have invested in me mm. to uh, and 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 seen a, a future there, and you you going and, and saying, um, see you later, yeah. need to have a chat, so. Yeah. Let's talk about the relationship side of it because I find that I find it really fascinating because I think a lot of people are in relationships and they may know the passion but they're afraid, you know. And so, from your perspective, what what do you think? Because as you say, you are the person who's probably a bit more singular focused on the rugby side of it. What do you need to be aware of to make sure Anna's and the family is looked after? What do you within yourself? What yeah. do you keep to prioritization within your own self to make sure this is a a, a good thing for the whole family? 
Um, well, I think it's I think it's been grounded, and you're having a, a great you're having great conversations about what, how can our family thrive? Yeah, okay. Would would our th- family thrive if if we go and do this? What an adventure that could be! If it doesn't work out, well, we've got things we can fall back on. If plan A, plan B. Yeah. Was probably have plan A and then about plan C or D because <laughs> you, you sort of got to make plan A work, don't yeah, you? Yeah. But um, it, it, I think it's I think it's just having the the grounding to say, well, the we's a lot stronger than the me. Mm. We have to be happy. Um, I mean, we, we've moved to South Africa and then from there we Southland. went, we, yeah, south and yep. we had three months in Spain yep. in between that. So it was a lovely we yep. sabbatical. Uh, when we got home into 2013, we didn't have a, uh, a job at that stage. So it was like, well, okay, give ourselves a period of time to... What's that moment like? Um, liberating oh, okay. a bit. Okay, so it wasn't scary? Not not scary from the aspect of um, having got a job. Yeah. Like, always look after yourself. You've got to cover your butt to yeah. make sure that um, going into contracts and coming out of contracts, you're protected. But uh, I think that we... we you had enough um, planning in place to not not be in support, to, mm. to it not being scary and go, okay, well, if it gets to that point, we're back in the law yeah, or yeah. going into player management or, or whatever it may be. But then the opportunity came up to to apply for the Southland job. So I applied for that and, and um, it was like three hats. Uh, as head coach of the Southland Stags, um, director of coaching and... and in a, in a new role uh, for head of high performance, so to try and bring everything in. So it was um, awesome, awesome opportunity and grounding. But that meant we came back from um, South Africa to Spain to, to be back at the in-laws in, in, uh, over in Church Bay <laughs> to then uh, pack the car up and, and head down to Vicargal. Yeah. Um, and, wow, what, what, a, what a... And again, you know, that's a family decision. Okay, well, again... How does it fit? What what's the um, what's the end game? You never know really know what the end game is, mm. but again, go and do a good job and learn and um, and and let's let's uh, create a program that you can really really be excited about. So, what was it like going to Southland? Um, for those, this is a very international audience. So, for those who don't know, we live in Christchurch, and Christchurch is a very traditionally strong rugby union, yeah. um, very successful, kind of good infrastructure, good development, and so on. Then you go to Southland, which at the time probably wasn't in a very strong place. What was yeah. that like, kind of going from a place like Christchurch, or was it? I don't actually know. Tell me about it. Um, do the homework and understand what we're going into, and I think it's a really strong uh, rural and provincial uh, city and, and province mm-hmm. uh, in Vicargal, and then um, the pr- provincial uh, towns around it. Um, people are at the heart of that. O- awesome, yeah. Uh, sheep and beef farming and, and dairy farming. It's yeah. it's it's soul of the earth. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Um, hardworking people. Hardworking yeah. people who um, who just want to see you uh, again connecting, connecting and 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 uh, and not being ahead of yourself and just um, putting your shoulder to the wheel. For the for the for the cause and and uh, again met some magnificent people who were the the greatest strength is, was its people and I think go back to one of your earlier questions about um, how do you think about the we and the family and and you can never sole focus on your own career or you think about the wider but 
is it's all a people game. So life's relationships and people. So to me, that that if you can't be tunnel visioned and and, and singularly focused, mm-hmm. if if you if you buy into this is about people, it's not about the person. Yeah, one person. It's about every person. Yeah. So um, we 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 loved uh, we loved our time in Southland. Met some great, like I said, met some great people. We had awesome neighbours. It was like the next thing the kids have pulled the panels down in the fence so they could yeah. go straight <laughs> yeah, between yeah. the houses we couldn't find the youngest one day and he's he's four by then uh we couldn't find him one morning but he'd gone next door found their key and gone into the into the old back and through the back door into the kitchen and found their lolly jar so he's sitting there having breakfast <laughs> which is a great representation of what you created isn't right. it right yeah. it's fantastic yeah. yeah so um uh all along we've just met these these wonderful people the the team itself was um uh, it was still uh, strong, and and it was in in the so second division of the national competition. So the two divisions of seven, it was a, a semi-final type side, and there you could um, knock off a top side, but consistency was really difficult. Okay. Just just genuine depth. Yeah, like you'd play a, a Canterbury, and 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 they'd have eleven, twelve Super Rugby players in it. So that the the professional, the truly professional league. And then we'd um, and 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 they'd pull, they'd, you know, three or four would come off the bench as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and we might have four. Yeah. And they're all starting. and We need them all right. Yeah. But uh, but what it did was 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 helped really um, develop the team aspect to the coaching, not just relying on good people. And we had some great times. You know, it was um, some superb stuff. But again. The, the people part of that and, and a grounding of a, of, a, of coaching a team and being in a, in a provincial union that that doesn't have hasn't have the massive resource mm-hmm. and set up you know the, the the gym they're in a in a great place now in the in the um, ILT stadium was you know, the, the the licensing trust down there is superb support for the community and uh, they've now moved the gym that was starting we started to talk about that then moved the gym for example from the rugby park site to the to the velodrome, middle of the velodrome, and get a bit of buzz yeah, and high performance yeah. happening around you and whatnot, because the the gym we had so it leaked when it rained and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it rains a bit down south <laughs> and, um, uh, and whatnot. Now it creates really good buy-in to let's work hard, mm. but also you want to give your your people every opportunity they can to be the best they can mm. with decent facilities and whatnot. And it's great to see that they've they've moved into that space now and and. In, a, in an area like that, you find that people share resources really well. Otherwise, nothing gets done. Oh, okay. So the different sports are working together, and yeah. it's not one set up here and another there and another there and all over town. They sort of mm. work together to see how can how can everybody who's got their head in the trough looking for the same sort of community support and local government support, etc. Let's actually work together to mm. have one yeah one yeah. base and whatnot. So there's good good. Um, Lessons in that. What, what, what did, you, did you learn from that time as a coach that maybe you wouldn't have learned if you didn't go there? Um, oh, mate, we, we were really fortunate that we, we found a way to to, um, to contract the likes of Lima Sopawanga yep. uh, in, into the Stags. And uh, so it's, it's like... He's a very good player for people overseas. Too. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. put people in the States, that these plays fly halfs, but like getting your, it's getting your quarterback, quarterback yeah. in place. Yeah. Because um, we were really hard-working forwards, 
good boys. Yeah. Uh, they'll they do that really well. So that's that's the big um, the grunt men, and and uh, so he just needed a, needed some some direction there. So great support to get him on board, and I think just just learning that if you want to be you, you, you can get like I talked about consistency before. If you want to be great coach, coach great players as, yeah. as, as much as you can, and yeah. and uh, and things work. Yeah. So, um, but also massive. Uh, I'm still I'm still a young coach now, but it's, um, very young and raw raw then, and had a um, couple of um, superb assistant coaches. One, Hawani uh, McDonald's now coaching in Japan. Clark Dermody, he's coaching the Fords at the Highlanders, um, and and just the learning around how to draw information out from the players oh, okay. was um, you know like so you, if you got a, if you got a quarterback with that ability and at that stage Lima wasn't an All Black and then yeah. he became an All Black, um, <coughs> so you got someone like that in the room you don't have to know it all. Yeah, okay. So it's uh, about about having people trust. Trust. Yeah. Okay. Um, the ability. And I think you keep developing this, and it, it, you're always developing it. The, the ability to say, oh, "I don't know." Yeah. Actually, what do you think? Yeah. Okay. And sometimes you might know. Yeah, but it's actually about helping them grow. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the time you don't. Yeah. And you might have an idea, but they're the guys playing it. Yeah. They're on the field. They they and so actually getting alongside them and 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 drawing their experiences out, um, opening your home up, making it, make the family is so important. To people, mm-hmm. we talk about the people game. Yeah, um, opening your home up to to the players, so you're getting them around for a, for a cup of tea or a meal or, or whatever, just to have conversations that aren't Human. in the office. Yeah. And What's interesting, one thing that's very clear about you is this this um, people and community. There seems to be a trend that's happened a lot throughout your whole yeah. career. Yeah. Oh, it's, well, it's life. Yeah, well, have you read, um, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Nudge? Have you read Nudge? I haven't read Nudge. Oh, so Nudge is this whole idea of um, how do you kind of socially manipulate environments to make people make good choices. Yeah. So it's um, a lot of political policy writers will use it. So, you know, make choices that are healthier for society. But it really influenced how I think because, like, I'm a community builder. That's what I do. I build communities. Um, and so then, well, what do you... You know, and we'll talk about this because I know you're really big on culture. You know, I remember when we, I still remember that coffee we had, and I remember at that time, and you're really proud of this, and you're like, you, Brad, you're very animated at best of times, but you had been coaching your rugby team, and you told me how, like, the last practice you'd had, you'd turned up, and all the boys were there practicing before you turned up. And it was a real highlight for you because yeah. it was kind of like, oh, my coaches, you know. And so the idea of, is, is, we are, you and I are luckily people who get to think about how do I build a community? You know what I mean? Like a lot of people jump on community and it's, they need that. But we also, we sit back and we go, okay, well, what's this community I'm building? Yeah. What's the culture and what's the behaviours and, you know, what's the feel I want to get behind that? So maybe dig into that because I know it's, it definitely comes through from you. I think that um, uh, I'm probably getting a lot more clearer on on the how and and. Um, the defining of a culture for me, yeah, and everybody, and that's that's community. So, what well, we went to, um, I'm sorry, go back. Sort of, there's a lot of thoughts going on, but um, a lot of people will have different definitions of it, and that's mm. fine, no problem, because as long as it's authentic to yourself, and you can you can live that, mm. and and that's how you roll, and and that's how your behaviours reflect that. So people see that. Mm-hmm. 
then and they can see that that's authentic then that's fine you'll you will grow people mm. and you'll grow people in the, in the manner that's important to you um and and language is massive around that so we've just been in, in west wales at, at the uh, scarlets and living in clinethley region of, of um, about 50 miles west of cardiff and uh, and Welsh language is is spoken very strongly okay. in that area. Yeah. And, and yet, if you go fifty miles uh, east to Cardiff, people got no idea what you what you're saying if wow. you if you say thanks or hello and in, in yeah. Welsh and whatnot. But but where we were is really strong and it's superb and it's and it's Welsh is spoken in Wales and in um, in Patagonia. Would you believe? Really? So there's some settlement there way back. That, 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 and there you go. So, um, I think I've got that right. Anyway, <laughs> someone can fix it up if they haven't. Send, send a message on the bottom of it. It's somewhere. It, it, it like sounds that. about right. Yeah. Anyway, um, it must never be lost. But it's a bit like Afrikaans in South Africa. Yeah. Um, for the for the Afrikaner and, and the and the um, the Zulu and the and the Tutsi and the um, the, the the languages. <clears throat> must be maintained Māori here mm. because that that's culture and we're, and we're effectively a storytelling race mm. so if we if we're able to keep the language going then you can see the culture flowing through and people th- thinking in that in that space um so learning a few words in Welsh was really important not not, not for to me to 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 yeah. show people that you've um, you've made an effort, yeah. but to actually be able to understand how th- words sound that that's that's their language. Let's join in on this. Mm. So actually understand the culture, their culture. For me, in terms of building a, a team and a and a community around that, I think the best I've I've heard it described was um, <clears throat> belong, believe, behave. Yeah, nice. So and and that really suits me because I'm an includer. Yeah, you are, aren't you? And and um, funnily enough, I don't need to be included as much as I like to include. Okay. So, but my I like I need to be included by my inner circle yeah. friends. Yeah. Um. So belong, believe, behave. Allow people to belong. So we're in. We're on. This is what we're doing. Yep. Quite slowly or different speeds for people. They'll believe. So some will believe straight away. They go, yep, I'm into that. Yeah. And others will sort of just dip the toe in and others will be, nah. Mm. But if you carry on with it and you still allow them to belong, the belief starts to come that, mm. okay, I can see this vision and I, I can feel it and, and I, I want to be part of this because it's genuine and I can see how people are operating. And then the behaviours will follow so that they'll start to, They'll start to behave in the way that yeah. that that our 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 community has decided or our team yeah. has decided or behave, and it's not about having a massive rule book like where we need rules if if it's just do the right thing. Yeah. So, um, is it right for the team? Is it right for me? Is is this? Will this help us? Yeah. Yep. Do it. Say it. And even going back to that conversation we had when you turned up and those boys had that's, that's an example, brilliant. isn't it? You Absolutely know? brilliant. Yeah. Um, and 
and so that they've they've started their behaviours as reflection, and I didn't know that then. Yeah, it didn't have. I didn't yeah. didn't understand well, the long believed behaviours. You know, subconsciously you may. Have, yeah, but, perhaps yeah. that's yeah. right, but I couldn't put it into words. And it's when that when I heard that it was actually a, a podcast a guy called Andrew Mercuro did with uh, a lady called Jess Davidson, two Christchurch people, um, and he and his story is quite powerful. And uh, and he talked about that and yeah. and. And that was he was talking about it from an aspect of faith, whereas genuine, um, more other other types of um, religion. So he's connected with Salvation Army and other types of religion. I'm not, I'm no expert on this at all. Yep. I don't know, but yeah. I think they they he felt it's around the other way. You have to you have to believe first and oh, then behave, okay. and then you can belong. Oh, okay. You sort of yeah. they've got to see that before you can come in. Yeah. And 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 he felt Salvation Army was belong, believe, behave. And when oh, I heard that, like, that's yeah, that's that's, that's my that's my understanding. So it sort of put the science behind the the thinking. So to me, that's that's the 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 essence of let let if you want to if you want to create something, then let people belong. And yeah. and I'm not into um, uh, outcome goals. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather have behavioural norms. Yeah, I'm with you exactly. Yeah. So you know, the, the, and you can work words in and theme yeah. stuff and create a wee story that that people that that's that that it might be bigger than your actual group. Yep. That people can um, draw inspiration from and, mm. and whatnot, and and uh, and that that's quite exciting. And when we think about high performing culture, what are some of the, the values that are important? Well, I think when when you talk about that, I think for me, high performance is is really about wanting to be better every day, or every every moment. I want to win the moments to to be able to have my best chance to perform yeah. on stage. Yeah. And and uh, and so that's that's been on all the time now. And and on being on all the time might might be being off. Mm. You need to th- <laughs> some of the listeners go. Well, what is he on? But if you're relaxing and you're lying, you're going to put your feet up on the couch and read a book, or you're going to watch a, a movie or something. Then be engaged in that. So be present in whatever I'm doing. Be present. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 And yep. then you can win that moment. Um, and we all we were going to catch ourselves out at times, but if we can help out rather than catch out. Then, then we'll we'll grow with that. You know, yeah. we see it with the kids. You like, you think you're present. The next thing, you just have a wee look at the phone. Yeah, yeah. And then go, man, what am I doing? Yeah. But, but um, the the those those that's the definition for me of high performance. So, and, and I think it's really grateful and fortunate to be in a um in a career path where everyone will turn up to work. Yeah, desiring. Wanting to be better. Yeah, because it's interesting. I always think of your career in comparison to my career because I'm helping people who are really struggling with exercise have a history and a story that works against them even thinking that they can do it. And so whereas, you know, so we're we're kind of playing with different kind of problems. Yeah. Um, And whereas I find your one interesting because also you've got the people who are motivated as they turn up to work, but the pressure. Mate. You know, yeah. the, the, the instability, you know, like, yeah. you know, because a lot of athletes, it's quite a yeah. horrible life, really, because week to week. Short-term contracts. Yeah. You know, your, it's very, your balance sheet's on display every Saturday. And when you look at depression, depression, um, an insecure future is one of the biggest causes of depression. Yeah. You know, and if you're an athlete, you know, sure, your Richie McCaws know they've got a good career, but most athletes don't have that. Probably, if, I think, I'm not sure if it's up to date now, but it used to be the average, average term of a, a professional 
rugby contracts four years. Yeah. Now, no one's setting themselves up for life no, in four years. No, God, no. Um, and, and that's why uh, it's, it's really important that we, we get that people part right, and we do that well in New Zealand. Our yeah, pastoral oh, really? care is very good, uh, and it's all and people are always looking to be better yeah. at that. So how can we improve that? And it's, So that includes now looking after those that have retired yeah. or, or, or have been retired. Yeah. So, um, so they're no longer a professional rugby player, but they've given to the game and they've, they've, they've been part of that. So how do we help them? Yeah. Transition and deal with not having a calendar. Yeah. Every day, I don't need. I don't, oh, now I've got to be there at eight, and I'm wearing that, and I've got to, and I'll eat then, and 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 there's my kit, um, and I'll get on the and bus. Because yeah, yeah, like, that's a really interesting question, isn't it? Because in the environments you're in, you get a group of guys working together towards common goals and and all the rest of it. Um, but you guys do control the environment a lot. So, and our young men. Um, how do you make sure you're still developing their life skills so that when you, your net pulls away, that they're not incompetent in some pretty basic stuff? Yeah. Um, well, you can do it a couple of ways. I think one, one is you have you have people specifically that's their job description okay. is is, yep. to, is to drive that, and you make sure there's space in the week. Yep. For that, and that's how that that is part of how it's done here uh, in New Zealand. Um, so there's um, personal development managers okay. uh, in each in each super um, uh, club, who who and 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 provincial unions as well. So so they help these people develop their lives outside of rugby. So whether that's um, going and getting work experience or a little bit of a trade opportunity or doing some papers at university mm. uh, or getting their driver's license, mm. uh, helping them understand banking, yeah. saving, yeah. bank accounts. And then, and then so, that, and, but that used to be a lot more um, generic and now it's there's a generic aspect to the foundations of it, but then it's really bespoke for the person, So, which I think is brilliant mm. because everyone's needs are different. Yeah, totally. We're all doing different scales of different things, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. And some people want to want to um, have a crack at buying shares and others are uh, are just getting ready. They, they want to. They're still renting, but they should be purchasing a house. Mm, or yeah, yeah. Once they should, they could. Because yeah, I don't know yeah. whether they should. Mm. But um, uh, I think that we we do that we do that well here in that respect. And also the other part of that is 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 just by getting to know your people and 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 showing telling your story if they're interested if they want to ask and. And then and showing where you know where you've made mistakes and how that could have been different or, or um, other things that have worked out and just again being authentic and 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 uh, or humble with it I suppose it's just just having a conversation it's the people part because mm. you asked about values and I I think that that generally you could do a workshop at any business um, or group. Mm. That you're getting together, team, group of athletes, and say, okay, let's talk about how we're going to operate. What are, what are our values going to be? And we need five. And I reckon that those five will come from a group of ten values that are always On the people's mission statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust, integrity, team first, um, work ethic, honesty, loyalty, mm. and. And they'll like, brilliant, sounds good, Lisa Five. But what do they actually mean? What does that look like day to day? 
I think that's more important is how we're going to behave, and that's what I talk about behavioural norms. It's um, it's real Barcelona football club ethos, Man U under under Ferguson. Mm. This is just taught behaviours, mm. um, and yet, and I think that the behaviours reflect the underlying values of the outfit anyway. Yeah. And if, if if those underlying values aren't there or they're incorrect, then you then you're now undergoing a cultural change, so that's different. Um, how are we how are we aware of you know because uh, there's a really good um, I can't remember I read this or heard this somewhere and there's a, there's a talk about how they did, what they did is they went into a workplace um, and had these meetings and they kind of planted somebody who was designed to kind of ruin the meeting, so little yeah. things like they pick up the phone yeah, and then they'd sit down when everyone was standing up and they were just kind of not not being like a prick about it, but just kind of just doing little things which were ultimately taking the attention away from the purpose yeah. of the meeting. And they found that like 90% of the times that were in the meeting, they had so much influence on the, the meeting. And so, and there was, a, there was kind of one example where it didn't work at all. And it was because there was this kid in the room whose father had always been a high facilitator. So his father obviously caught, taught this kid lots of techniques and this kid could pick up on it and he influenced the group back to the better techniques. Brilliant. And when we think about culture, it's, you need your leaders and the people who who are the important people or at least the more influential people in it to have the ability to catch when it's going in the wrong direction, don't you? Yeah. And and I and maintain the standards. That's right. And 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 most of that when you're talking about it going in the wrong direction, most of that'll be in a time of adversity. Yeah. When yeah. It's, who are you when you when it's the hardest moment? Mate, eh? That's yeah. right. And do we stay true to that? Yeah. And that's why you need great people around you. Yeah. Because they'll they'll check you as well. Yeah. So we um, at the Scarlets, the job that have just left. Um, we had fifty five playing staff and twenty five rugby staff. That that there's 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 our people, and I'm I've got the privilege of being in the head coach seat. So okay. Well, I can't, I can't do that on my own. Yeah. I, that's that's um, do the maths. Eighty people. Yeah. So, I actually my vision is that that's eighty leaders. So we what 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 we need to do as a as a coaching group, as a management group, as as heads of department, is just give our people everything they need to be the best they can be, mm-hmm. to be able to thrive. If we give them everything they need, then they only have to, the only thing they have to do is know their role, because yep. if then, then it's up to them to execute it, yep. and they're not there by accident. Mm. They are good at what they do, yeah. whether they're players or physios or analysts or a manager or, or whatever. They they are they are good. So then, how can we grow them? Be really clear about you own your role. Yeah. Now you go lead that. It's a bit like a um, a, a Formula One pit stop. 19 people touching the car. One job. One job. Yeah. Guy chained, put it, lifting the right tyre, lifts the right tyre. Yeah. They practice that. Now, he's also a mechanic, no doubt, yeah. or an engineer, yeah. and he's highly skilled at what yeah. he does outside of the pit lane, yeah. but he's got two and a half seconds to be spot on with what he does with the right tyre. Yeah. You get that right, and then, and then the car's gone. Yeah. Now, they can't win the race, but they can give everything they can to yeah. make that car function and the yeah. driver function to be the best and they can be best the best in be. their moment doing the thing that they need to do that's right. which overall creates a better outcome for everyone yeah. yeah yeah so so for me that's that's 
that's the leadership model for me that works for me and it may not work for others but that's that's I think that's empowering collaboration happy for people need to know their roles but don't stay in your lane you're allowed to there's permission to contribute, to contribute yeah. and to challenge yeah. with respect challenge the issue not the person mm. uh, and and then to, to get people to thrive there's a there's a um, best book I've ever read is, is called The Spark I've never heard of it and, it, and it's by a lady called Christine Barnett and, and it centers on it's the story the main story and it, it's true true story about her son Jake who um, at 18 months starts to exhibit um, serious symptoms of autism oh, okay strong autism so but we haven't got the terms right about how to describe that but yeah. severe yeah okay and and she's a childhood early childhood learner a teacher yeah. so she's working away in, in, in child early childhood teaching and and then and her son who was up until that time just standard 12 month old 14 month old 15 month old turns into an 18 month old with autism mm-hmm. no cuddles lying still staring at the walls wow. um, and her her story about it I get a little emotional because it's a superb story is is that <coughs> she won't won't settle for mainstream education looking saying what needs to be done with him yeah, okay. so challenges that to the point where she starts a, a, a childhood center in her garage oh, wow. with with for kids with autism wow. so all these parents are dropping kids off they're at their wits end with dealing with their kid and dropping them off to, to her and she's looking after them during the day and then so one aspect would be for example a kid um, a child has dropped off who just won't stop talking just non-stop now that sounds okay here and now doesn't yeah. it but if that is your reality every day yeah. as a parent yeah. you are and, and you're looking after you are the, and the, the main provider and caregiver that will become pretty debilitating debilitating so mm. um but what keep thinking about the spark what christine barnett worked out is this girl spark was storytelling so so she sat down with this kid and took notes on what she was speaking and talking about overnight turned it into a book and the next day presents that to the mother oh really this is what your uh, daughter created wow and Instead of being focused on, well, mainstream says you can't go to the next stage because you can't do up your shoelaces and you can't do this and that. So buy Velcro shoes. Yeah. Put wear slip on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's <laughs> solutions, you know, like, yeah, yeah. So when I read that book, it had so much impact on me that, that um, where does it connect to what you've asked about and what we're talking about? Everybody has their spark. Well, it's really interesting because one of my questions to you was going to be how do you deal with people who. You know, you may not necessarily your personality types don't work, or they're just not motivated, or um, and so you ultimately, I think what you're saying is your answer is to help them find that spark. That's right. Help them find it, or or help us find. So it might be listening really carefully and watching to see what's their spark. Mm. So so me taking the time to find that out yeah. and, and and understand well actually that behaviour is not. That's he's not trying to piss us off. Yeah, he's actually just a really excitable, yep. emotional, 
um, person. Yep. And and then so the spark is potentially uh, his spark might be that he needs to feel that he's contributing to the yeah. good of the group. Yeah. Okay. Well, then let's let's help him do that. Yeah. But also have a conversation around like sometimes that's going to distract from the group so can we can we can we get an understanding but if you're talking about um emotional bidding earlier before we came online and and perhaps you you, you, i don't this is just me thinking now having heard that for the first time before that the emotional bid from that person being loud and vivacious and whatnot is actually well let's just go and acknowledge to him that he's been heard Mm. And then say, well, look, in this situation, we we might, you know, we need something different, or just allow people to be themselves, and allowing them to be themselves, knowing that they have bought into what we are doing as a group, as a community, as a team. So this, there, and everyone's different. And I think that also just understanding from personal point of view, I'm not going to get everyone. Yeah, yeah. And they're not all going to get me. Yeah. You know, eighty people. Some of them are probably thinking, thank God he's gone. Others are going, oh my God, wish he was here. Yep. Um, others are just going, oh, that was, that was okay. Yeah. But amongst our management group, someone will have a relationship or an in with everybody in the group. And you work a leadership group of your players, mm. um, listen to them, actually you know, listen and, 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 and adapt to what they're telling you. The program, because like I said before, we don't know everything. We don't. We don't see it from. I'm 45. I'm not going to see it from the same perspective as a 23 year old, as a 30 year old, who's as a 28 year old who might be expecting their first child, as a 20 year old who's just coming into the group. Yeah. Oh, everyone sees it differently. So I think everyone looks happy. Yeah. 25 of them over here are gutted because they're not playing. Yeah. Yeah. But still show them they're valued. And and. It might be an assistant coach who has the in. It might be the strength and conditioning coach who's got the relationship with the player that can go and peel back. Let them do that. And I don't have to with, know. Um, with, uh, you know, I'm sure you read um, Moneyball, um, but also the movie. And there's yeah. a moment where, he, you know, the, the coach has to just discard players. And I know American sport's probably a little bit different than maybe what like New Zealand sport is, but how do you deal with dealing disappointment? Um, I, I think... Uh, understanding that that's an inevitable part of yeah. of the game, your staff and players are, are going to come and go. It's a professional professional sporting environment. Yeah, because it's interesting. Most people's career is quite safe, you know. And in this moment right now, a lot of people yeah. aren't experiencing it, which is yeah. horrible. And but you know, most people get the job, stand it for a long time. You know, whereas as you, as we identified earlier, there's a lot of insecurity. But also, you're the person who often has to deliver. Yeah, the the, the bad news. And and just I think the best part of that what I, what I've learned is just deliver it, okay. deliver it with empathy. Yep. Understanding you're not necessarily you're not telling a player, for example, that they're a bad player. Yep. What you're saying is that their best opportunity is somewhere else. That they, they that the opportunity isn't here. Yeah. And and uh, and it's never a statement of fact mm-hmm. that that you it's because of your quality. It's just. It's a selection matter. It's a it could be a contract decision. It might be a budget issue. Yeah. You could be letting go a really good player, but you just can't you can't fit the budget anymore. Yeah. Or there's someone else coming through that you need to you need to grow. So don't dilly dally on it. 
it doesn't I'm not saying have a brutal conversation mate you're out we're not talking yeah, about yeah. the money ball situation when, when Brad Pitt asks um, <laughs> he just <laughs> I can't remember the name of the coach staff but he asks um, he says, well you can deliver this Hoffman, one isn't it? Was it, was it yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he says you're out there's a taxi waiting and <laughs> No way. I mean, these people are people. That <laughs> might happen in overseas, and I'm sure you know mid-season people are moving around teams, and that doesn't quite happen in our game no, it like that. No. So, so it's it's let them know as early as possible, and you might not know six months out from the end of their contract that you're not going to recontract them, mm. but you know that you're not today. Yeah. So it's potentially just saying to a player, look, at the moment, I just don't know. I think you need to protect your position. So it shouldn't be a surprise. Shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. It's Make sure they've heard it? you. Yeah. So what have you heard? Yep. Because um, often those discussions like selection, all they've heard is I'm out. Yeah. Okay, but let's just peel that back or come back to me tomorrow and we'll have another convo. Mm. But I think I think it's probably the same as what people are facing now with their businesses and redundancies and whatnot is just get it done. Don't let people yeah. – you know, that doesn't help them by them – by not telling them the news yeah. and they're going, am I in, am I out? Yeah. Yeah, is just be clear yeah. with empathy and uh, and and genuinely want people to go and do well. Yeah. yeah. It's not prove you're wrong. It's no. just you, it will help you with, with opportunities and whatnot. And um, if you've got an opportunity and someone want, another coach wants to speak to them, I'm happy as to talk. Where's, where's your biggest struggle? Where's your biggest struggle? Oh, I think the hardest part of the game is selection. Oh, really? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's the that is, it's the stuff we're just talking about. Yeah. None of that's ever nice, but um, uh, and and selection every day, every Monday. So again, fifty-five players and fifteen of our guys are playing international rugby. So that's why you have such a big squad because yep. they'll come and go for parts of the season. Yep. They're coming and going, so you have got to have a squad that can get through that. And, and obviously, inevitably, you have injuries. You need to freshen people up and all that sort of stuff. So, um, it's uh, so. But every Monday, you're selecting 23 players to take the field on Saturday. Yep. 15 start, eight reserves. So, if everyone's available, there's 32 players that are being told they're not playing. Yeah. Well. And and that that's through the team announcement and and whatnot. And you might have players who started last week and they've gone to the bench this week. They're on the bench. They're not playing this week. They started last week. They're not playing this week. Yeah. They might have had a great game. And you're still having a conversation saying this is the plan. And yeah, what? (laughs) (laughs) So again, having a policy around that and whatnot. But I think selection that's that's the hardest the hardest part. And 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 then. What's really important with that, though, is, is is acknowledging the effort that the 32 who aren't playing yeah. are putting in to make the 23 perform well. Mm. So we want to actually be under more pressure in training than we are in a game. Yeah. Like time and space yeah. and whatnot, because the, the, the outcome pressure of the game is enough. Yeah. So um, their preparation in terms of taking on the, 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 the attributes of the of the pending opposition is critical and they're allowed to be disappointed yeah they should be mm. so you allow that but you also have to get over that quickly to, to be able to put in for the team mm. Mm. so I think that's that that to me is the the toughest bit where, where do you go when you're just on a personal level what helps you through your own struggles 
Um, I said right at the beginning, really grateful to be surrounded by uh, outstanding people and different people that you lean on for different yeah. different things. And but you know, so you understand. I'm feeling I'm, this is what I'm working with. Here's who I need to go to. So yep. you, you, you yeah. trust your ability to actually reach out. Uh, yeah, and and just take a breath. Yeah, like stuff can be happening. It's just okay. Need to take a breath here, buy some time, mm. and then uh, we'll we'll be okay. But I never lose sight of this bit of the Stockdale um, paradox stuff. Never lose sight of optimistic thinker. Yeah. Never lose sight of the 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 that we'll get out of whatever we're, we're in. Mm. Sometimes we don't know how or when, mm. but but we will. So just keep keep the process going. Keep being authentic. Uh, and and like I said, around having superb people around you who who might also notice, mm. Mm. Something's up. just a little bit off, mm. can put the arm around how you are, mate. Yeah. Oh, really pissed off with something that's happening. Might be at it at it outside of the footy area or whatever, and then just by that vent, yeah, yeah, I am back now. Yeah, just um, it gives you the ability to offload, and then that's it kind of aligns you back up again. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Because you're on all the time. It's, it's, yeah. It's, well, uh, especially the role you're going into now. And like I know you're not the, the head coach, so you probably don't get as much public pressure. But for those overseas, all blacks in New Zealand are like our identity. You know, they're you know like and they can have a, 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 a game where they win, but they don't do that well. And the public can just be on their case. And yeah. so you know, to know these tools is going to be an important part of your looking after yourself through this time, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Um, and I. But in that respect, I think that you go into the job with the eyes wide open that yeah. that is what exactly what you described, and actually that's a privilege mm-hmm. to to be in that position to to uh, to be dealing with that yeah. now because that's how it should be. Like the expectation is to win every game. Well, I remember I I, I once did a public talk and Graham Henry was doing a talk and so I had dinner with him and and he was saying he he thinks that's why we're the best because the expectation. Yeah. You know, that's why the All Blacks are the best, arguably the best sports team in the world, is because they're just, their expectation, Yeah, they have to deliver. You know, look at the Warriors. You yep. know, like I love, I love, I love league, and I, you know, and I love rugby as well, but, uh, you know, they're the hardest team to follow, but the expectation is they're going to fail. You know? Yeah, and I, yeah, that would sadden me. Oh, it'd be bugger, wouldn't it? Sadden me. Oh, I'd, like I said earlier about winning the moment, so that's my obligation to that. I don't feel burdened. Yeah, by that I thought I'd get really excited yeah. about it because nothing's actually changed for me philosophically in terms of win the moment. Yeah. So get so how am I going to get Monday right? I'll be yeah. prepared on Sunday. Yeah. So then I can be ready for Monday, and then okay, are you quite process driven? Definitely in the way you live your yep. life. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, th- that's a big. It would be one of the biggest vocational stresses for me is just not being prepared. Yeah. It's not actually the performance. Because I know everyone's working hard. Yeah, if you've prepared well, they'll be in the place. That's yeah. right. And okay. sometimes you, sometimes you've prepared well. Uh, well, that's the expectation. I have the expectation myself. Must prepare well. Yeah. And prepare our group of people well. And you're also playing another group who should be doing the same. Yeah. So you, and then you, maybe the team plays outstandingly well. So does the other team, and and you don't win. Mm. Well. Okay, the people that are results driven, and, and like I said, we, we, our expectation is to win all the time. That's the business. Yeah. Um, is there will be some heat come on on that, but then you look back and you go, well, actually, 
there was nothing more we could have done in that preparation. Yeah. And then you look at the game and you look for performance and say, okay, well, what can we learn from that? Okay, we, we could be better in this area, that area. Mm-hmm. Or we did that really well, but we can still be better at it. Because you're not only looking at the things you didn't do well, look at what you did well. Mm-hmm. And then try to do them better and evolve that. And then and then you're getting ready to prepare for the next game. Yeah. You yeah. can't sit back and, and woe me. You, you talked about um, being optimistic, and I'm the same. I'm sure you read Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow. Yeah. 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 And he talks about if you could wish your child had one thing, it was optimism. You know, it was, it was, it, people who are optimistic just have better lives. Um, and arguably because, they, A, they're more persistent because they think they're going to get there, so they stick at it. But they did talk about the fault of the optimistic person is sometimes um, they don't see things because they're so optimistic. Yeah. Is that something you've had to learn about yourself and, and develop in that self? I think sometimes it can, uh, it, it, it can bite, but... But I'd rather that than oh, totally. than the other way, and, yeah. and, and certainly from a, a team perspective, I want fifteen optimists sitting on the. If, we, if we've just had a try scored against us, we need fifteen optimists sitting on the yeah. de- on the try line, talking about what next. Yeah, and and uh, okay, let's go. Yeah. So yeah, I love a bit of adversity. Yeah. It actually, it actually drives me a bit. You know, it's sort of. Well, it goes I, back I think, to that. Who am I in my di- in this toughest moment? Isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. And let, let's. This is what we're. You know, we want it to be hard at times. Yeah. I remember my last Ironman. My last Ironman, I did um, I, from a, I did Ironman for about six, seven years, and and I, I put a lot of effort and, and worked really hard at it. And I, my ultimate goal was to do sub nine hours, and I worked, wow. you know, and and it's pretty, it's a pretty good athlete. Um, and my last race, I was having a great race, and then the legs fell off, and I, I had about fifteen k to go, and it was obvious I wasn't getting nine hours, and I knew it was my last Ironman because I, you know, I wanted a different life after that, and it was, and I just had that moment. You can you can you can plot home, yeah, or you can finish this race in a way that you're proud of. And I did a nine oh five. I didn't get the time, yeah. but I tell you what. And I remember someone the next day said to me, "I saw you in the with a three k to go, and I, I just thought this guy's dying." You know, just you know, just yeah. I'm just about to think about it. Um, this guy's. I saw this guy at the road. I thought this guy is absolutely dying. He's killing himself and just right. so much pain. And he said, "No, that shit was you, Owls." And um, that's the moment you want, hey. Yeah, I, you know who are you in that moment? Yeah, brilliant. And because I, could, I couldn't achieve the goal, the goal's gone. You know the nine yeah. hour, but in that moment, who am I? You know, you probably got more out of that now. Oh, going, totally. Since you've done that, more out of that than you would have if you came in at eight fifty nine. Yeah, totally. And that's the thing is, is that we want opportunities in life to learn about that in ourselves. That's why, like, I play music now, and I love music because most areas of my life I'm very competent. Yeah. So like yeah. fitness, I'm very competent. You know, business, I'm very competent. You know, these other areas, I'm very. Co- in music, I'm not competent. And I'm playing in a band. I'm the least skilled player. <laughs> I'm insecure. I'm, I'm very self-aware. But man, I'm learning more about myself from music than what I would if I went for a run. Yeah. You know, and it's that, that moment. It's the exciting bit, isn't it? Well, there's a lovely, uh, uh, very short video uh, on YouTube of, of a um, rabbi called Rabbi Twersky okay. um, talking about how lobsters grow. So if, you, if people Google Rabbi just just rabbi lobsters yep. and it'll come up and it might be 90 seconds yeah. and it doesn't ruin the story by talking about it because it's a great watch anyway i've watched it heaps of times and yeah. and, and basically lobsters grow because they, they, they they're soft they're a soft bellied um uh, animal yep and they grow against their skin so then this this the 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 um their their shell yeah so the shell actually protects them but restricts their ability to grow so the only way they can they can actually get bigger is by getting rid of their shell and growing another one 
Now that puts them at massive risk. Yeah, yeah. So they have to go to the bottom of the There's ocean. They find a place they think safe, and for this period of time, they sh- they shred their shed their their shell, and and grow another one that allows their body to to grow into that, and then then the process will continue. And you see massive yeah. lobsters. So the the analogy for us is that we grow through adversity. Mm. You you have to make yourself vulnerable to really grow. Mm. Otherwise, it's comfort, and you, you, if you if you run five k's every day, you get good at running five k's. Mm-hmm. So, okay, how do you build up to that? And and I think what you're doing with your people who who um, in some part of your business, the people who are struggling to get to love and to get to, to do exercise, mm-hmm. um, is is magnificent. Mm-hmm. And the the gains and and, the, and goosebump moments you must get from that oh. will be. Yeah. Well, and it's constant. discovery itself, isn't it? Because that's, that's ultimately what we're finding in that moment, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah. Now they are putting themselves; they are making themselves vulnerable. Yeah. Someone who can't run a kilometre, or possibly can't run a hundred metres, yeah. that's the starting point. Yeah. To then put themselves into that to say, actually, help me. Yeah. And they'll be potentially they're going through all sorts of things. Are worried about what they look like. What are yeah. they going to wear? How yeah. are they going to be seen? Is it is it failure, or is it success? Yeah. And and whatnot. Well, good on them. Because that'll that'll help them grow, and they've got a metric because they'll keep adding to what they they can, obviously. But for us in our lives, that bit of adversity is 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 okay. Say I need help. I'm vulnerable here. I I, I got that wrong, or I don't know the answer to this. Someone help me. Mm. Growth. Yeah. And it will also grow the person that's helping you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Because you, you you're sharing and you and you're putting something together that actually is better than what either of you didn't know or knew yeah, totally. in the first place yeah so the old um that 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 little bit of vulnerability and, and adversity is 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 magic for for growth and i think that's what spins i think sometimes it's easier being in a crisis yeah because well, you focus i think a lot of people us. through this covid time are going to come out of it and there'll be lots of value on it you know, yep. because they have to, they've been put in that shell, haven't they? The, the shell's been broken. Oh, man, there's, there's huge amounts of vulnerability at the moment. Yeah. I really empathise and oh, not down, down playing it at all. Oh, God, like, no. This is, yeah. this is um, a serious, serious issue for for the world, for societies and, and for individuals. You know, it just keeps boiling down. And um, I think that that's where the Stockdale paradox for me is massive and we talked about it as a team at Scarlet's before we dispersed is being able to and it's probably a bit around your optimism but being able to um, uh, front the brutal facts of your situation and acknowledge them yeah, and understand that this is the situation but also having the optimism not to lose sight of the end goal now the, the wee story around Jim Stockdale was he was the highest ranking prisoner of war in the Hanoi Hilton in the in the uh, Vietnam War, and uh, and as such he needed to take control of the prisoners. So he because he's the highest ranking, so he needs to lead them, and by various means helped them deal with their torture. So you can hold out to this moment and then give this bit of information, get a bit of reprieve, and. Mm. Um, how to communicate with men who are in solitary confinement, brutal conditions. Mm. Um, but the big, and the big story is that the, the people who are optimists who said we'll be out by Easter, 
Easter comes along, they're not out. Yeah. Lose a little bit of hope. Yeah. Oh, it's all right, we'll be out by Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving comes along, still not out. Yeah. A little bit more hope. They're the ones that became really um, at, at risk of, of dying, yep. and not making it. His position was, well, I don't know when we're going to get out, but we will. Mm. We just have to deal with the moments. Now these are the facts. This is how we're going to roll, and we're going to tick the days off. Yeah. And when it's time to get out, we'll get out. Yeah. So the optimism of the end result, but not not putting a timeline on it. Yeah. Is is the whilst also acknowledging the brutal facts. That's the the story in that that I I, I think's been really impactful on me. To, to so so what you're really saying is to trust, but also be realistic and plan. And, and act. That's, and, and that's right. Yeah. And deal with AA where I get outside the seriousness of the of the COVID situation in life. Let's talk about a sports situation. You're down by 25 points. Yeah. And and the game had the situation, the Crusaders against the Waratahs team from Australia, and, and we, we were down um, uh, 29-0 after 25 minutes Jeez. at home. Jeez. It was 29 now. It was two, two years ago, three years ago now. And, um, and you guys don't lose games at home. It's like, nah. you know, Crusaders, like in the last period of time, Mate. it just dominated, haven't they? So, so this is... It was amazing. Back and in the trend. Like, they, 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 everything they touched turned gold. We were... But, but a couple of points in it. I oh, yeah, brutal facts. We're down by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, we're playing quite well. Okay. But we're just... Skill sets just letting us down at different stages. So uh, what do we need to do? Keep doing it. Keep going, boys. Yeah, trust it. Trust it. Yeah. You know, if, if we needed to change it, we'd have to change it. But it was actually working, but it's a bit of bad luck we just bit. weren't finishing. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that was, a, that was the, the plan. And, and because the game was still so young, you've got time. Yeah. It's not like you're down by 20, 29 points with 10 to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the, in the next 10 minutes before half time we scored 19 points Jeez. so you're now 29 19 and it's okay yeah we didn't actually want half time we just keep going <laughs> whereas you're hanging out for half time at 29 it'll <laughs> stop the game but uh but but the, the so that that the guys had done a great job we i think we ended up winning at 31 29 wow they had, a, they, had a, they had a kick to win the game wow missed but but the I guess that that's there was an example for me of okay, I can be a blind optimist. We'll be okay. Yeah. But actually, how are we going to do it? Mm. What are the facts? How are we going to get out? The brutal facts. That's right. Yeah. And and then it's like rem- don't look at the scoreboard for one thing. It's irrelevant. Because yep. we just what we need to do is Keep win playing. the ball, catch the ball, pass yeah. the ball, make a tackle. We'll just do that. Yeah. And. I don't want to take, we, we, we could do 20 hours, you and I. Um, but I'll finish up with this. Just a lot of parents with kids in sport. And I know in New Zealand there's been a real discussion around um, changing how sport is in the kids' life because we're finding that what's happening with kids is basically around that 14 age where they go into the more elite squads and yeah. what we're losing is a lot of the kids who may not never be professional but all those so yeah. some of them could have been if they'd stayed in sport just your thoughts around what would your advice be to parents with sport um and the outcome even even if they are high performing or even it's just about helping them have a lifetime love of movement 
make, make it, keep it fun. Yeah, it's got to be fun. Yeah. Um, I, I I do what I do because it's fun. Yeah. So so what's my why? This might help it. I, it's for 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 family, for family and fun. Yeah. Talked earlier about the family make the sacrifices. So I have to do a good job what I'm doing because I've made sacrifices. Yeah. For me, that's choices. I've made choices. They make the sacrifices. So for family and fun. Um, to inspire for goosebump moments. Yeah, nice. That, that's a, there's no, winning at, at a high performance level is, is a price of entry, but you don't win because you wanted it more, etc. You win it because you've enjoyed the ride, you've put the places, the points together during the week, mm-hmm. and you've built a program that people can go out and express themselves and enjoy themselves. Yeah. Smiles on faces, laughter, it, just make it fun. It doesn't have to be a, uh, you're not reviewing your, your training with your kid in the car on the way home. It's the, if they ask, yeah. go for it. Yeah. But the positivity of the effort and the enjoyment. Nelson Mandela said, greatest sound in the world, kids' laughter. Yeah, true. And how good is it when you actually yeah. notice it? Yeah. We, that's what I'll watch when, when I see our kids at, in, in a sporting in team situation or even in their class and, and whatnot I want to see them enjoying it and having fun yeah. then they're engaged and they'll learn they'll be fit and they'll 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 do what they're doing because it's fun like yeah. you, you see if your drivers a dream could be to be an all black to be a, a, a black fern to be in the New Zealand netball team etc that's great but it's not failure if you don't get there mm. if, if you give up if you if, I think that from a community sport perspective, if we lose players at the age you're talking about, then we have failed. Oh, we totally because because ultimately we want the All Blacks and we need the, the All Blacks are really important. But fundamentally, we need movement in society. Hundred percent. You know, and at that age, especially nowadays, because kids have got lots of options which don't involve movement. If we lose them at that moment, that's the cost of society is huge, and not just not, we could talk about weight and heart and all the rest of it, but healthy social connection you know she had experience yep. goosebump moments you know you don't have to be in the winningest team to have goosebump moments nah. you know like it's camaraderie there's just so much character traits and so much value just movement in life so much and i and i think the, the our kids the generation now those kids at that age so um i think that they are a lot more empathetic and emotionally intelligent than yeah, we were i totally agree yeah they've got the ability to say i love you yeah they can they 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 actually on the whole, have more of an ability to 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 appreciate and share in someone else's success mm. rather than thinking, I me. want that to be me. Yeah. Uh, and and when when I see that in the on the sideline from the sidelines of community sport, which I think is so important that we we've got community sport going again yeah. in New Zealand. Yeah. You take it to the recreational, the leisure issue um, side of things, etc. Then I, I think that when when we see that we're, we're winning. When I see at a at a kids clubs prize giving, a coach stand up and say that we haven't lost a game for two years, and I, I, it, it turns me off yeah. straight away. Yeah. Well, I'll go and I'll go and ask that that coach. You know, have they managed to keep the group together for two years, or have they lost anyone to other sports? And inevitably, they've lost kids. There'll be there'll be kids lost to other sports, yeah. and and they go, oh, okay, what do you think about that? Yeah. Um, in, a, in a help out, not a not a catch out way. It's not yeah. a, and some some will go anyway. I oh, kids should play heaps of sport, yeah. play everything. Yeah, yeah, totally awesome. Yeah, fill your boots. Um, 
uh, and and enjoy it. But just it's a, probably a long way around of coming back to the first comment, which is is the most important. Just just keep it fun. And you know what? That's even for adults. Let's be honest. Like you know, for not you know, just for pe- people who want to do sport or just even just get out and join a gym. Yep. You know, the more fun. You know, I know there's there's, there's there are the crossfits and the crossfits are great, but even then, you still got to make it fun. Yep. You know, like we're, in our running groups, we have different levels in our hard group. We, we challenge them. We may take them to levels that they, you know, they can probably go do by themselves. But it's always got a cheeky smile on her face, you know. Hey. You, you've got to have some laughs and some, you know, like it's... You won't get them there otherwise. No, exactly. and, or they, well, they might, some of them might get there and they go, oh, that was tough. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. What a prick. Yeah. Uh, Working out is a lot easier when you're laughing. It's kind of... Yeah. Mate, put music on and all of a sudden yeah. things are different, aren't they? Yeah, totally. Away yeah. you go. So, and why is that? Because it's fun. Yeah. Totally. Awesome. Hey, mate, I really appreciate your time. Um, you obviously got some amazing insight. I'm sure Lou ah. love listening to you. Um, good luck with your next stage in your career. We'll be all thanks, supporting mate. you along the way. And just thanks for coming over. Awesome. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. It's great to see you. Awesome, mate. Radio team. So hopefully you got a lot from the interview. As you can see, as I was saying before I started the interview, um, just just a man who's a passionate and just the loveliest person. Seriously, just you know, some people just have that. There's kind of an aura around them, an energy about them that just makes you feel good. And Brad has that, and it's really interesting because he's just a guy who's interested in other people as well. And I did an interview, I've got another interview coming up in another couple of weeks from now with this phenomenal neuroscientist. Um, and it was really cool. We had this amazing, you'll love it, seriously. I'll release it in a couple of weeks, but an amazing interview. But then after the fact, this guy wanted, to, we basically spent like 20 minutes because he was just curious in my life. And, and sometimes when you get people who are leaders or, you know, promoting something or pushing ideas, it's, you know, they're very kind of self-absorbed, but people like Brad and people like the one interview I have in a couple of weeks from now, they're just interested in people. They love people. Uh, and it's just a beautiful character trait. Hopefully you're getting lots of kind of cool insight in there. I definitely, you know, there's some just really, I love I loved sitting down and having that chat with Brad. So maybe again in the future I'll get him on uh, in a few years from now to get him back because I'm sure he'll have more insight as he moves down his development of his career. Uh, now if you want to support the show, if you want to become a patron of the Bevan James Isles show, there's a couple of ways you can do it. First of all, you can financially support the show by going to bevanjamesisles.com, going into my podcast section and look where it says support me. Once you go on to that, um, just put some money. Basically what happens is each time I release the show, you put some of your hard-earned money my way and it just helps me kind of do what I'm doing with the show. Uh, second way that you could help support the show is A, kind of spread the word about the show to friends and family, and then B, put a uh, kind of review on your podcatcher. And I've just got a review here from a guy called Andy, and it's got, I appreciate so much the balance that this podcast brings to my training and my life. I do enjoy the sorts of self-improvement audiobooks such as Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and Excuses Be Gone. This program strikes a balance between physical fitness and emotional psychological wellness. That is a potential blend of ingredients that I appreciate and find myself looking forward to game on so thank you andy for that podcast review if you are listening to the show and you haven't done a podcast review it does kind of help for some reason um you know just get your kind of attention on podcatchers so if you do enjoy the show again you can kind of just go into your podcatcher and do that i've got next time i'm going to do another interview podcast as well and the reason is is because i've did two bevan shows back to back so My next episode is going to be another interview, and it's another phenomenal interview. I think you guys will absolutely get a lot out of it. So I'm going to rock and roll. We just hit the hour 20 mark, so I'm going to rock and roll and get out of here. Have a wonderful couple of weeks. I'll see you in a couple of weeks from now. As always, keep being you.